As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its coat beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. Others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked. And the crowds reply, is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Matthew chapter 21 from verse 1 to 11. Now, this passage is very familiar and it is an event that just took place last week Sunday. The Palm Sunday, right? The triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. It is so significant in the life of Jesus because it is the process when his journey to the cross began. The, the process where his purpose began to come to an end. That was the toughest moment in the life of Jesus, right? As I began to think about it, as I studied this passage and read it, I began to ask myself, what might, what might the feelings, what are the emotions, how did Jesus feel as he sat on that donkey, you know, riding into Jerusalem with everyone shouting and screaming and praising him at that moment. But he knew that beyond that praise was pain. And beyond that praise was agony yet he went forward taking every step on that donkey without turning back that was the bravest thing to do for me the most rugged sacrifice Jesus utilized every single moment in his life to make sure that he fulfilled his purpose he utilized every time he utilized every opportunity. He did not allow any slip past him. He had an understanding of the time and followed strictly the blueprints that his father had made for him. He understood his purpose so well that he was willing to follow through despite the grief he felt. In verse 11 of Matthew 21, 
the people described him as a prophet because they did not understand the life purpose of Jesus. They did not actually understand that what Jesus came to this world to do was beyond being a prophet. He was the only one that knew the actual end of his purpose and that was to be a savior, to be the lamb that was slain. They wanted a prophet for themselves, someone whom they would benefit from for a temporary moment, you know, to gain all the miracles, the healing, constant turning of water to wine and all those stuff. So this part of Jesus' story teaches us to understand that it is not everybody who hails you and calls you friend that should stay close to you. Yes. Because a lot of these people who called Jesus Hosanna, who praised him and said so many things as he strode into Jerusalem on a donkey, they actually felt like, okay, they knew this man and they love him. They wanted to support him, but they were actually trying to distract him from where he was supposed to be, from where he was supposed to go. So in this episode, we are going to be looking at the rugged sacrifice Jesus had to make due to love and obedience. Do stick around. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 and 11 But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. I so much love this passage where Paul was telling the Romans the main purpose why Jesus Christ had to come to die on earth. The main reason for the existence of Jesus Christ for the 33 or 40 years he spent here on this earth and that was actually to bring us back to the sheepfold, right? In John, he, Jesus was telling his disciples that he is the good shepherd. And a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus did not actually just teach. Jesus demonstrated everything he taught. Right? He made sure his life was a plain example of everything, of every word he opened his mouth to say. That is what made him the greatest teacher of all times in Christianity. That is why we we uphold Jesus so high and we believe that the only life standard that is recommendable as Christians is living a Christ-like life. 
it is when that you're when you're living a christ-like life that you are actually behaving like christ that you are actually worthy to be called a christian so if you study the life of jesus christ you get to see that okay it's not really easy to like <laughs> follow through on every word you know and that is why jesus is for me i hold jesus at a very 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 high esteem like i don't joke with that man he's so precious so friendly so loving so caring whatever adjective you want to apply to him that's who he is in the positive aspects right he's just he's kind and in this easter season in this season of the celebration of his death and resurrection i i actually got a whole new perspective of things right a whole new perspective of easter in a rugged sense the sense of rigidity the sense of displeasing yourself to live a life of purpose and the fall of man was a challenge that the devil thought was he was posing to god you know back then in genesis chapter 3 when the devil deceived eve to eat the fruit and she gave adam and he ate and man was disconnected from god that intimacy was broken you know it was more like okay a relationship that was managed but god being as wise as he is knew what was going to happen before time and he had a plan right that is why he's called the master planner that's why he's the master of the universe so he had a plan to reconcile man to himself forever and the celebration of easter is a celebration of love right it is a celebration where we remember the aggressive love of god like the song says the reckless love of god a love that is so reckless that it is willing to crash itself it is willing to crush itself it is willing to break itself just to make sure that it pleases the next person so the celebration of easter is a celebration of love and this love is not a smooth going love it's a love filled with pain it's a love filled with grief a love filled with sorrow agony but most importantly a love filled with victory and triumph that is the most important and wonderful aspect of this love of god that in the end no matter how reckless it was, no matter how rugged it was, no matter how scattered and torn and bitter it was, in the end, this love was victorious. And in the end, this love triumphed over everything. The Jews failed to understand the plan God had and so they could not benefit from this victory as of then, right? They were classifying Jesus as one of the prophets got to a point Jesus had to even ask his disciples to be sure that the people whom he was working with actually knew who he was 
because there was a whole lot of perspective from everybody around. Some saw him as Isaiah the second. Some saw him as Elijah the second. You know, so many people saw Jesus as so many things. Some said he was one of the prophets. But then Jesus, looking at his disciples, he said, okay, that is the other people's perspective, right? The people who are far away from me. Now you who have been so close to me, who have come to understand the in-depth part of my teachings, who am I to you? And at that moment, the Bible recorded that Peter said, you are Christ. You see, that is the most significant thing. That is what made the answer of Peter so powerful. The Holy Spirit had to explain the personality of Jesus through Peter by telling them that Jesus is not one of the prophets. He is not Elijah. He is not Isaiah. Instead, he is Christ, someone who came to die, someone who came to sacrifice himself for a bigger purpose, you know? The things Jesus did, majority of the things Jesus did, or one of the major things that Jesus did, the other prophets were not able to do it, and that is to die and resurrect after three days. The death and resurrection of Jesus cleared, created, and paved a new way for the reconciliation of bigger and greater relationship, right? His blood worked so much better than the blood of goats and rams. It worked so much better than the blood of doves being sprinkled on our heads than sacrifices of a living bread, sacrifices of wheat, sacrifices of this and that. So many sacrifices for atonement, sacrifices for this, for forgiveness, wave offering and all those stuff. Now all you just have to do is to say, God, I plead upon the blood of Jesus and I ask you to have mercy on me. I ask you to take over my praise. I ask you to take over my worship. Right now, we just have to believe that, okay, Jesus Christ came to do this and I have accepted that he did it. And so now I can leverage on that victory that Jesus Christ had won for me and use it to assess the Father. So the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ it created, it paved way for a new beginning of a new relationship. In fact, a stronger relationship than that which had existed between Adam and God. The most significant thing in this relationship is that God had to give up his only possession to gain something even great, something of even greater value right bringing his creation bringing man back to his himself bringing back his his intimate friend that intimate relationship he had with man from the beginning so god had to give up something that was so special to him in john 3 16 which every christian probably knows he says that for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the only thing he had, the only precious thing he adored, the only thing he held so close to his heart, he had to release it and say, okay, take this in exchange for my creation, in exchange for man. That is to say, God the Father so loved man, he so loved us that he was willing to give up 
his own son for people who were not even related to him right to bring us back into that fold like where we read in romans to make us a, a friend of his again just like paul said so if god can do that for us right if god the father can willingly give up something so precious to him and if jesus can willingly give up the pleasures of this world and also the pleasures of heaven he was enjoying himself at the right hand of his father and he had to leave his throne and come down here and become a nobody just to get you back to the father if god the father can make such painful sacrifice if god the son can make such painful sacrifice to live in obedience of of the will of the father my question for you today this Easter celebration is what is that rugged sacrifice that you are willing to make to get the bounty God has in store for you you know sometimes in our lives we hold on to things that are not supposed to be in our lives we hold on to things that are actually stopping us from getting to where god wants us to be with him from getting to that level of relationship and intimacy god wants us to stay with him and in the end we lose out from the bounty that god actually has in store for us so what are you willing to leave what are you willing to give up it might be a relationship it might be a job it might be a certain belief it might be something you just you are the only person that knows what that thing is all right in my life recently I had to end something it's not going to be painful that is why it is a rugged sacrifice you're not going to find it funny you're not going to find it amazing but in the end you still have to let go and let God right I love that statement let go and let God that is how to live a purpose-driven life. You're not just living for yourself. You're not just living for your own benefits, for your own pleasures. You're living remembering the fact that, okay, you were bought at a price for the sake of someone. And you belong to that someone. So Jesus Christ taught us that we gain. We gain more by losing. Right? We gain more by losing. You just have to let go of that pain that you have felt for such a long time. Let go of that person who has offended you. Let go of that hurt. Let go of that relationship that is of no benefit to you. Let go of that job. Let go of whatsoever it is, that bad habit of that addiction. Whatsoever it is that God is actually telling you to let go this Easter so that he is going to resurrect a new you. It transformed you someone who is totally different from the you you used to know someone who is totally amazing someone who would walk in the power and in the mind and in the strength of God and in the strength of the Spirit of God so what are you ready to let go of what are you ready to leave what are you ready to abandon make up your mind this Easter and abandon that Make up your mind to take up that rugged sacrifice. Make up your mind to make that rugged sacrifice, to go through that painful love, to go through that part of love that is filled with sorrow and grief, with the, with the thoughts that at the end, you are going to come out with a love victorious, 
with a love triumphant, with a love worthy of acceptance, right? So this Easter, as you celebrate, I want to leave you with a few questions that you should ask yourself. What are you ready to lose? What rugged sacrifice are you willing to pay for? What rugged sacrifice are you willing to make for love to live a purpose-driven life? Remember that in the end, it's all about purpose. It's all about being able to live and achieve that God-given purpose that has always been the plan. So remember that sometimes you have to lose to win more. Thank you very much for listening and happy Easter in advance.